Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I am really excited to share with you this week's interview. But before I do, I wanted to jump on here and just let you guys know about a four day free business training that I have coming up. This is an all new training. Um, it is called Online Biz Blueprint, and it is for those of you who either are starting your online business, have started your online business already, or are thinking about starting your online business and you're really wanting to nail down the essential components of an online business, which is exactly what the training is. So I'm going to be talking about uh, your profitable niche, how to find it, how to make it unique to you, how to uh, use that niche to create messaging and content in a way that is going to have you really stand out online and just have you come from so much power and confidence in your messaging, in your copywriting, all of your marketing materials. I'm going to be talking about your offer development courses, programs, services, how to create ones that are really in demand and that you just, again, feel so good about. I'm all about that underlying alignment, of course. And uh, we'll also be talking about strategy, you know, launch strategy, growth strategy, sales strategy. And last but not least, we'll obviously be talking about energetic alignment and more specifically identity work as an entrepreneur, because manifestation and energy work as a business owner is different than manifestation and energy work for people who are not business owners. So I'm going to be, like I said, diving into those four things. It's going to be value packed. The reason that I'm offering this training is one, because I absolutely love putting together trainings and connecting with you guys. It's one of my absolutely favorite parts of my business, um, but also because I'm launching a new round of my signature coaching program, Launch Magic, which is my entire business in a box. It's actually being made longer. I've added five weeks to the length of the program to best serve the people in it. Um, and I'm really, really excited for that. So whether or not that's something that you might want to look into, if you're interested, reach out to me. It doesn't matter. I want you in the training regardless. And I really approach my trainings with the intention of providing as much value as I can to every single person that spends so much as a minute of their time with me. Your time is incredibly valuable and I treat it that way. So I'm gonna put the link for that down below. Check it out, join the training if you'd like. I'm super excited to serve you guys in there and let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's interview is with Leah Gervais and uh, I... Loved this chat with Leah today because it really resonated with me when I was younger and dreaming about the type of life that I would have and not knowing, you know, really what I was in store for in terms of how it would manifest and how good it would feel when it would manifest, when it did manifest. And, you know, specifically how we have these visions when we're younger. For Leah specifically, it was. Uh, imagining herself in New York City and actually getting there, but getting there through sort of the corporate world and feeling like something just wasn't quite what she imagined it to be. And I definitely experienced this myself in just imagining the life that I wanted to live and having that vision for it and then creating it in a way that I saw other people creating or attempting to create it through, you know, the nine to five. For me, it was a teaching career. And then getting there and going, but is this is this it? You know? Um, and so I love talking with Leah. She is a leading online business coach that turned her side hustle into a multiple six figure business in just a few years. She founded urban 20 something with one goal in mind to help younger professionals successfully scale an online side hustle to the point of it exceeding the usual nine to five job. And, uh, yeah, this is just 
a great story. We've had so many incredible success stories on our podcast recently. I've loved sharing them with you guys and uh, just love, love, love this chat with, with Leah and just some of the distinctions that she brings in, helping people go from good to great, helping people define what it is that their vision is, and then taking the steps that allows for it to manifest and for it to manifest in ways that you know, we couldn't possibly have imagined for ourselves in ways that feel so much better than we ever even knew that it could. So without further ado, here is my interview with Leah Gervais. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, Leah. Welcome to The Aligned Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I am honored. I'm really excited to chat. And uh, I I was looking at your website and your Instagram earlier, and I already have so many questions. But maybe before we dive into that, uh, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Leah and I am a business coach for online entrepreneurs or really just service-based entrepreneurs. Um, and I started my business a little over five years ago uh, as a blog. I started it as a blog when I was in my mid-20s going through a pretty traditional moment of just confusion and feeling really lost. The only thing that I knew at that time was that I wanted to live in New York City. And I had mm. lived in New York City at that time for about six years. I went to college here. I moved here when I was 18. And I really had thought that moving here and living here would bring me to this sort of like epic New York City life that I had dreamed of since I was mm -hmm. a kid. And I had planned on moving here and going to law school in order to see that through. So I had everything on track. Everything was going as planned. I was working as a paralegal. Um, I had gotten into law schools in New York and I was really on track to fulfill what I had always thought would be my dreams. But it was not until I was having to decide which law school to go to. Um, and after having worked at a law firm for two years, that all of a sudden my intuition, which I wasn't as intimately close with as I am now, um, really just started, you know, piping up and I started getting these signs and these, and this clarity around the fact that I was not meant to go to law school and this was not the path I should go down. And the signs were clear enough, but this was still a very scary time for me because I didn't know what else to do. And even though looking back, I was pretty young, I still felt really lost. And I just felt like I had spent the last six years of my life going to school, moving to New York, working in the legal field, studying for the LSAT to go down this path. And so if I were to now listen to this kind of voice in my head telling me to do something different, um, 
I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where else to work. I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know where else to look. I didn't even know if I should be in New York. So it was a very scary time because I really felt stripped down to, I basically felt like I was 18 all over again. So I started a blog, which at the time I called Urban 20 something to just write about that kind of experience because I I did have the awareness at the time to know I was probably having a, a relatively traditional quarter life crisis where I just was confused about what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but I did know I wanted to be in New York and I wanted to find community around that conversation because part of the reason that I had anxiety about my kind of intuitive hit was because I felt like all my friends really had their life together. Um, I was dating the man that is now my husband and you know, he, he was a lawyer. Like he, I felt like he really had it together. My best friends did from school. So even though I knew I couldn't be alone, I felt lonely. And I started my blog to connect with other people that were looking for something different, but didn't know what that was or wanted to go to grad school and then realized they didn't. And just were sort of questioning how they could still live out the vision they had for their life in an unconventional way. So that's how it started. The blog took up traction and picked up, um, steam and, and gathered a following and slowly, but surely I started learning more about that. And I am happy to go into wherever you want me to from here, but it five years later turned into what it is now, which is not really a blog anymore, but something that allows me to help people that have a similar story to, uh, to the, to, to mine and to what happened to me and what I went through, um, to what happened for me and what I went through, uh, to start, to start their own businesses and kind of take control of the life that they had dreamed for themselves when they were younger in a, in a different way, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that is entrepreneurship. I really resonate with your story because I live in Toronto and uh, it. I always joke it's like the New York of Canada, though I, <laughs> it's, not, it's not actually because I've been to New York quite a number of times and it, New York has this like magic about yeah. it that, you know, I grew up watching shows like Sex and the City and like all the movies filmed in New York. And when I went there, I was like, it really doesn't disappoint. <laughs> and for me, that that version of that kind of just, I don't know if glamour is the right, like there's something about a big city that just has this energy to it. And I know exactly what you mean, where it's like you go, you get to the city, but it's not the life that you envision because you have to kind of trade everything <laughs> in order right. to live there. Right. right. Totally. Um, and now, like, because I know you've got, it says on your Instagram profile, you know, it was side hustle to six figure months. So I imagine that for you now, the experience given that yeah, I, you're still in New York, I'm correct? I am still in New York. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you're in New York, but you are killing it in your own business doing like, I can't imagine the difference. <laughs> what has that been like for you to be like, you know, now I actually have what it is that I visualized all that time. It's just... You, I never knew life could be so sweet, you know, and I know yeah. that that sounds cliche. I was just thinking about this yesterday, how I was like walking around my apartment and it just, I just almost stopped in my tracks, just remembering that like, wow, I am running my own business in the heart of New York city. How, how like, how did I get here? And I think that that, the, the reason I have so many moments of that is because I do a lot of mindset work and I focus a lot on gratitude and things like that. But I mean, simply put, it is my absolute dream come true. It is something I write about in my gratitude journal every day. And it is just so, um, I mean, it's just, it's such a blessing. It's been hard. There's been a lot on my path that has, you know, challenged me and pushed me, but it has been the most rewarding and fulfilling thing, honestly, I've pretty much ever done. And I just feel so grateful that I um, listened to that 
you know, that intuitive hit all those years ago. And that you're an entrepreneur, you know, that there are some mountains you have to climb on the journey. And I'm just, it, it, it often brought back to moments of thanking myself for climbing those mountains, even when you don't even know if you're going to get over them. Sometimes things can get really Yes. Scary. <laughs> it's kind of just this one big mountain, but there are different peaks along the way where the view is so good. <laughs> totally. And you're so on such a high because you're like, yes, I just did that. <laughs> exactly. So you talk a lot about you know your vision that you have and, and that you help entrepreneurs to realize their vision. What exactly does that mean for you? Because um, I am really into the world of like quantum physics and, you know, listen to a lot of like Abraham and all that kind of stuff. Neville Goddard talks about imagination creates your reality. So it is just such a multifaceted thing for me where it's like, whatever the vision is that you hold for your life is the one that you will manifest so long as you keep, you know, climbing the mountain towards it. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know what it means for you when you talk about realizing a vision. Yeah, that is such a beautiful question. Thank you for asking me that. I think that um, the the clients I work with most, the dynamic that I really work with them on is something that we we refer to in my company as going from good to great. And I think that because of my background and because I almost went to law school and because I live in New York and because I wanted to work in in you know in New York and I worked in corp- the corporate world. A lot of our clients have this career ambition um, and they almost have this like obsession with their career, which I'm not necessarily saying is a healthy thing, but that's a different conversation. The point is they have a drive and they have Mm -hmm. a zest in them to really have an impactful, exciting, fulfilling, like sort of legendary career that they're able to look back on in their life and be like, wow, that was so much more than just this transactional nine to five relationship where I just showed up for work, um, and then left at five o'clock to go home to, you know, my family and kind of left work behind. They all really have an attachment and an identity with their career the way that I did. So I'm saying that because I think a lot of our clients come to me and come to my, my business with this situation that they're in where life is in in a lot of senses, good. Um, they have good jobs. I'm saying that in air quotes. They have mm-hmm. yeah. a good salary. They have um, a good work-life balance. They're able to go on nice vacations. Things on paper aren't bad. And for a lot of them, some of their dreams have come true or their parents' dreams for them have come true. So what I work with them to almost give themselves permission to unlock, and I think where we come to come to terms with what the vision is for them is what does it look like to go from good to great? And how do you allow yourself to let go of any guilt you might have around the fact that you might want want more than good? And it doesn't have to mean that you're not grateful for what you have or that you don't enjoy your life or that you don't know that you still have it better than, frankly, probably a lot of people in the world. Um, but that also doesn't mean that great isn't available to you or that great isn't possible for you or that great isn't out there. And so that great piece is different for, for everyone. It can mean that they just want to have a career where they're more impactful with others because they feel like they're working in finance and they don't actually help anyone ever. Or maybe they feel like they want to actually have a higher salary. You know, maybe they feel like they live comfortably, but they want to actually make more money. Or maybe they want to live in a different place or they want to have a different lifestyle that allows them to be flexible. That's where people get to sort of have fun with it. And I'm sure you have the same experience with your clients where that's where you see desire shine. That's where you see people's personalities shine and their uniqueness shine. And 
So my commonality with my clients is that they all sort of have this ambition toward their career that they don't know where to put anymore. And Mm -hmm. once we can channel it in that purpose from taking your life from good to great, that's sort of where the magic happens. I love that distinction because you're right. Like it's a realization that the good, because I was a teacher and, uh, you know, I had it really good. I'd always had good, good, um, just jobs and bosses. And I loved my students. And, you know, if you stay in it long enough here, you'll get to six figures eventually, but it was never going to be great in that. I was like, so lit up going there and that I felt like there was just nothing but possibility available to me. So I love that distinction. And for, well, actually I have a couple of different questions. So what does your sort of coaching practice look like? What is your method that you take clients through? Are you you know, really heavy on the strategy side? Are you more mindset? Are you a combination of each? What is sort of your business philosophy for online entrepreneurs? I definitely think that there's a balance and I, I would probably argue that you have to have a balance of mindset and strategy. If you really Mm -hmm. want to be successful as an entrepreneur period, whether you're an online entrepreneur or not, I think that the reason a lot of businesses don't make it as small businesses is because they don't understand how critical mindset work is. And they don't understand that going from working in a nine to five job or in the corporate world to working as an entrepreneur, it's a completely different way of thinking. And if you aren't proactive about changing, and yeah, you know this, (laughs) if if you're not proactive about changing how you think and how you work, it is going to work against you. It's going to be very hard. So, um, I, I think you have to have the mindset work. And, and so I definitely take the approach of the mix of mindset and strategy Um, But I would say that kind of my process is mindset first. Mindset work has to be the foundation. It's very hard to build a solid strategy upon uh, doubt, um, upon fear, Mm -hmm. upon um, any sort of flaw that you have or just kind of shakiness that you have around what it is that you're trying to achieve. So uh, we always start with mindset at the beginning of things. And then from Mm -hmm. there, I mean, I kind of have an eight-step process that I loosely take my clients through. It depends on the program and it depends on what their goals are. But essentially the arc is how do you get what you want by becoming the person who already has it? That has a lot to do with metaphysics, as I'm sure you know better than I do. Yeah. But we, we do a lot of mindset work right away from there and think about what you're doing differently and how you're showing up differently than you want to, yet you're saying you want a different thing. And then we kind of reverse engineer from there and find strategy from there because that's what worked for me. When I was starting out and trying to get to, I remember my first five-figure month was my hardest financial achievement to date, including six-figure months. Five-figure months were harder. (laughs) And it's because I was so desperately trying to build a strategy about how to get to a five-figure month from the place of thinking that I would never get there and I couldn't do it. (laughs) And it was too hard. And I'll never forget the day that it dawned on me that like, if I already knew this was in the bag, if I knew that this was energetically written in the cosmos, if someone came down and, you know, from the heavens and told me, Hey, you're going to do this next month. I would be, everything would be different. How I worked would be different. How I slept would be different. My stressing, my stress would be different. What I sold, how I sold it, my confidence level would be different. And that was such a huge aha moment for me. So that's why I start with that. And when I started doing things differently, of course, as you know, the ending of the story already, my five-figure <laughs> month happened, pr- I think, like two or three months after that. And so, probably pretty easily, too. And pretty easily, too. Yeah. I'll, ne- I'll never forget <laughs> it. I was in the back of a cab, and I just saw the 
email go through. And I just remember my mouth dropping and being like, what, <laughs> what just happened? So, you know, it was, it, it was not, um, it was not as planned as the months before right. that I had really tried to plan and strategize and all of that. So, um, anyway, that's, that's kind of the overview of my process is becoming who has what you want already mm-hmm. and then working reverse engineering it from there. Love that. So what from, uh, just sort of, a giving us a, a picture of your business. Cause you've, you, you know, are, it says you're doing six figure months for them. Is that all the time consistently the most, most of the time? Yeah. For the most part. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. to think about the last time we didn't have one, but yeah. For, Amazing. Yeah. So what does sort of the logistics, if you can paint us a picture, just because we have a lot of people with coaching businesses and, and, you know, online businesses of the sort, what does it look like for you? Where does, what's kind of your business structure? I don't know why this always interests me so much, just to see how different people have done it. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And I think I appreciate you asking it because I think it can be really hard to even imagine a world in which Mm -hmm. you could have that if it just feels completely out there, you know? So I'm happy to be transparent about it. Um, and I'm happy to also share ways that I think you could do it that are different than the ways that I do it, because I think Mm -hmm. that it's really important to know your strengths as an entrepreneur and lean the hell into that. That, that, Oh, oh, you already told me I could speak my mind. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, excuse me. So that is, I think what is my first suggestion. And the first thing I will say is that the reason we got to six figure months is because I figured out what I was very good at and doubled down on it and, um, built a team around it. And for me, that what that it was and is the group coaching programs that we have and that we create. And it's so fascinating because I, I, I like one-on-one coaching, but I am much better at groups and I mm-hmm. much more enjoy groups. Um, and I resisted that for a long time. I thought that if I was a business coach, I had to have one-on-one clients. I thought that um, in order to make higher ticket sales, I had to have one-on-one clients. If I really wanted to fully transform my clients. It would have to be in a one-on-one capacity. It's very interesting, the stories we tell ourselves about what needs to happen. And in some senses, I do think there's a lot of merit to why I believe those things. I do think that one-on-one coaching has huge potential for transformation. I obviously think you can make a lot of high-ticket sales through one-on-one coaching, but it has to be because you feel really good at it and you feel like you love doing it and you feel like you could double down on it. So when I realized that I think that the groups we create are really powerful. We get really great feedback about the communities. That seems to be a very transformative container for people. We just started investing more in our groups. And I mean, investing by, uh, in the sense of our time, I stopped taking on -on one-on-one coaching clients. So I no longer do at all anymore. And um, we also started building a team from that standpoint. And I want to reiterate again, this is not the group. I do not believe that it's because group coaching is the only way to get to six figure months. Yeah. I believe it is because I did what I'm best at. Um, so that is the main way that we do it. Uh, we have a few different programs. Some of them are open all the time and some of them open only a few times per year. Um, just because I, I enjoy the value of the cohort aspect of like people yeah. starting and beginning at the, at the end. I don't think a launch versus evergreen system is once better than the other. I just think that you have to think about what is most in service to your clients. So that's kind of what we base it on is what group is better in a, in a group and in a cohort versus where can people kind of come and go. We do a yeah. mix of both and that's how we are, we're able to really scale my income. Amazing. And, uh, I mean, I think that it, <sighs> 
the business model that works for you is the one that's really a reflection of you, as you're saying. Right. Um, and the reason I like to ask that question is because I think when we hear about you know a seven-figure business, the idea is that like you need to have a huge audience, be making like tons and tons and tons of sales. And reality, like you know, I've done the math a million times in my own business of like what would this look like to get to the next level, and it's not like anything crazy, you know. Right. Right. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's so, I I think about that all the time. Like if I were to rewind three years ago, you know, when I was just getting like to my first five figure month was, was the big stretch. Um, what I would have thought would have gone into where I'm at now, six figure months. It's so shockingly different than what my business actually looks like. Like I would have thought that we would have had the most sophisticated Facebook ad funnel strategy in the world. Um, something that, you know, I even had a team or an agency doing full-time optimizing it for me, making sales every single day from that funnel. And we would have just been able to put more ad spend on that and more ad spend on that and go up and up and up. I don't know why I thought that way. I guess I just always assumed that those businesses had so much technical technicality behind them and so much strategy. And that could not be further from the truth. First of all, I still do my own ads and I'm not even necessarily recommending that because I'm not that good at them. But the point is like, we don't have an ads team, you know? Um, What I have is uh, clarity around what I can offer people, um, clarity around what we're good at. And I have a good team that is able to help me that I've invested a lot of time and money into. And so I think whatever strategy you want to do it, it does not matter your audience size. It does not matter the strategy you choose. It does not matter how many people you have in what. It doesn't matter what your price point is. If you just are sure about the approach you want to take and you feel like you can really go all in on it, you can get to seven figures probably a million different ways. Oh my gosh, a million different ways. And I think... I love what you said about just not taking one-on-one clients. I was just having a conversation with some of my mastermind uh, students earlier today about how like we think we need to do one-on-one, but the reality is, is like some people like it and some people don't, and it's okay not to want to do it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of my, my own clients, like she loves it and she makes, you know, she has a six figure business with an audience, an Instagram following of 2000 people, an email mm-hmm. list that I don't think she's even, you know, reached out to in a long time. Um, is she just is really good at building relationships and she's a very good one-on-one coach and that's just what's worked for her. So it's, yeah. it really can happen whatever way you want it to. Yeah. And I think like energetically speaking, it needs to feel good to you. Like I've definitely launched things before where I was like, yes, can't wait to do this. It's going to be amazing. And then realized halfway through the launch, like I don't actually want this program to fill because I'm I'm kind of dreading how much work it's going to be the way that I've set it up. <laughs> right. Wow. So good. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really, I, I, what I'm hearing from you is like, one, you have a lot of um, confidence and belief behind what specifically what you're able to do, what you're good at, how you're able to help people. And you really, really lead into that. And then you just allow it to be, not that it's easy, but that it's, it's just simply a reflection of you. Exactly. I think that that's the exact right way to put it because that's where people see themselves in you and that's where they decide, hey, she's the one I want to learn from other than the, you know, we're not the only business coaches on the internet. (laughs) I know that. And and yet (laughs) that doesn't matter because, you know, you're so clearly yourself that the competition is really an afterthought. It's not even something you have to worry about. 
Yeah. So in your business, and thanks for sharing all that, I just always love like a visual because it really, that's one of the things I love about this business so much is the ways in which you can truly, truly just make it your own. And it's so creative and it's totally such a self-expression thing. And yeah, I love it. So um, what for you, like what role does mindset play on a regular basis and maybe in combination with the strategy that you have in place? Like I know for me, it's a real understanding of like strategy is very important. And I know this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And I'm also going to work within my existing beliefs, right? I'm going to make sure that what I'm doing has my energy behind it. And I could talk more about that, but I'd love to know from you, are they separate for you? Are they, um, is there a certain practice you have in place or is it more like just a way of being where you operate as the seven figure CEO in your business? Mm, Such a good question. I think that mindset is both. um, And I'll elaborate that mindset is 100% how I like approach my business every day and something that I don't even bother opening my computer until I feel like I have tended to. Mm. Um, I went through something pretty traumatic when my business started to take off. I lost my dad. I lost him suddenly. He was pretty young. It was horrific. And um, that is why I know that mindset is the only Mm. way because I don't think that I could have gotten through that and allowed actually use that as a way to almost just channel something different and decide something different for my life and decide that I was going to actually make something out of this instead of being afraid of being seen and being an anonymous blogger because I was afraid of people judging me. That's how it was for the first two years. I didn't even want people to know my name because I was so afraid of what they would say about me, which is hilarious now if you look at my Instagram because it's very much like, it is me. What is up? I am here. (laughs) I like could not be more, you know, in your face, but I didn't start like that. Not until my dad passed and not until I really Mm. realized how much I was hiding within the, the shadows of my own fear and how much I was holding myself back. So Uh, that showed to me that it showed me that mindset was the only way I was going to get through it. And I've just never questioned it after that. I've never tried to mess with it. Um, and never, you know, overly relied on strategy again. So I do like strategy. I have a more natural masculine energy, I think, uh, especially around work than I do a natural feminine energy. I've had to actually cultivate more of my feminine energy, but, um, the key for me is to decide our strategy, you know, go over it with the powers that be my team and and whatever else. Um, and then once we've decided it, decide it's going to work and decide that that we're not going to second guess ourselves and decide that we're not going to adjust it time and time again, or we're not going to have FOMO, or we're not going to feel like (laughs) we could have been doing 15 other million things, or we mess this up. Um, It's just really about owning your decisions at this point and using mindset to see the strategy through so that you don't approach things with a frantic energy, with a, with a lack energy, with a fearful energy, or all the other things that can come if you are overly relying, I believe, on the numbers, on the on the numbers and on the strategy, which never tell the whole picture anyway. Yes. So I use mindset to enforce the strategies that I've chosen and to execute them, if that makes sense. That is beautiful. I love when you said first we decide on the strategy. In my head, I thought, and then you decide that it's going to work. I've heard I I have had this conversation before with a coach of mine, actually. And I'd never heard anyone else say it before uh, or since you just said it. And and it's such 
an important thing. And it's really coming from this place of confidence, right? Like, like what you're speaking to is not allowing space for doubt, not allowing right. yourself to go, oh, I should have done something different. Like once you're halfway through a launch to decide it is working. Right. Right. It is working exactly. and it, it gets to keep working. So what I think that like this conversation of, you know, what you're speaking to is like a real powerful place to come from. It's a confident way of being. It's just this energy that I think people really do respond to, that results respond to. I love what you said that like, you know, the numbers never tell the whole story anyways. They really, really, really don't. The number of experiences I've had and stories I've heard about just miracles happening in the last hour for someone who really held the faith and decided it was working from day one. Uh, what has that transformation specifically look like for you in terms of, because I think this is the journey we're all on as we scale our incomes. We're going from being more doubtful naturally, questioning things more, not really knowing necessarily what it is that we're doing, failing forward, so to speak, to working our way to a place where, as you said, you're showing up fully, you're showing up authentically, you're trusting that, you're trusting yourself above all else. Like that is a significant, you know, transformation, if we will. And I think every single one of us has something that looks like it's different for everybody. But what does it look like for you in terms of that sort of identity transformation? Has it been small? Has it been big? Is there specific things that you've done along the way? So, so much. So I think that, you know, to what we're, what you and I were just speaking about, like this approach of I'm going to decide a strategy and then I'm going to decide it's working period. Um, there's a lot like kind of our instinct or maybe our, our yeah, our instinct, I'm, I'm going to say would kind of our knee jerk reaction could be like, okay, but then but then what if it's not like, how do you, yeah. if the launch is just straight up tanking, how do you go about it by like, how do you course correct or how do you know when it's failing or how do you do something different? Or when do you actually decide that it's not? And I think what you have to, what we have as entrepreneurs have to understand is that it is in those moments when it matters the most to be in faith. It is easy to have faith that things are working when things are working. <laughs> it is easy <laughs> to have faith when like your PayPal is blowing up and money's coming in left and right yeah. and, you know, everything is working really well. It's not easy to have faith when you don't see how it's working or you don't have proof that it's working or you don't actually know if it's working or you're having to lead through things blindly or it's not working straight up. It's not working. Like we've all had launches that have failed. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like that, that's part of it. And I think that that's still where the magic happens though, because it's not about every launch working. It's about you cultivating yeah. a type of faith where you do have it above the circumstances that are in front of you. And that's what will make you a good entrepreneur because by definition, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to take risks all the freaking time. Risks yeah. that people, most people won't take. Risks that most people don't see as responsible. So if you are going into those risks with the mindset of, I'm only going to take them if they have, if they prove to me that they're going to work, if I have proof that they're going to work, if I know that they are going to have results, you're not going to be a good entrepreneur. I did, like, that's just the honest truth. Because don't, you're not, don't bother. Don't do it. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't do it because you're not ever going to be able to get where you want to be if that's your criteria. So I think that that's how this mindset work has changed me as a person is it's just allowed me to see risks in my business, but also in my life differently. Um, and I'm currently six months pregnant with my first child. So oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. So, you know, I'm thinking about it in my own family life as well. And 
um, just it really does help shape your whole view of the world as one where you just choose to believe in the best case scenario. And I think that mm. that is the best gift my business has given me is who I've gotten to become because I had to become that person if I wanted it to work. Yes. Like a glass half full, especially yes. in the world that we're currently living in. You know, there's a lot to be said about choosing to continue to see the good in things. <laughs> Yes, there is. It is very important. <laughs> so I love this topic of trust because I honestly think it's one of the, th- like, it's the journey we're kind of all on to get much more into a place of trust. And I love what you said about like, trust is not like, okay, trust that this launch is working out no matter what. Like, no, you're going to have failed launches. Some of them are meant to fail to show you something, right? Or to redirect you or whatever. It's a much bigger trust in yourself that no matter what you're going there because you decided to. And I, I've had a lot of people on the podcast and it's interesting to hear what trust means to them or more specifically where they kind of source it from. Because for some people it's a very spiritual thing. And for others, you said, you know, you're more in sort of like the masculine. It's like a decision mm-hmm. that you've made to trust. Like what does it mean for you? Where do you source your trust from? I do source it from God. I do. Okay, Even though I, I do think from a work perspective, I, I operate under more of a masculine energy. When you take all that away and you really look at the basis of of what kind of how I make things make sense, um, I just don't believe that God created us to be here and to have mm-hmm. our lives and to be on earth to just get by. I just don't. I I think that God is a benevolent God. I think that he loves us and that he wants us to be happy and that he wants us to thrive because I think he lives within us and Mm -hmm. he's able to express himself through us and that we are his highest form of creation. So I just, it doesn't add up to me that we would be set up to fail or that we, we would be in situations where the best case scenario doesn't happen or that we would be in situations that aren't here to lovingly teach us things. It it doesn't add up to me. So, um, you know, I'm human. I have tough situations and sometimes I wonder, um, what the right thing to do is. And sometimes I get scared, but when I can really strip all that down and when I can really even, sometimes I need to detangle my own mindset work, right? Sometimes it can get so abstract. That is really the truth that I can continually rely on and it will keep me going. I love that. And I, I completely resonate with, like, I just think, I think it, it can be both, you know, like having confidence in ourselves and trusting our intuition. But as you keep going and you're, you know, like you said, you, you take risks that most people would think are irresponsible and you decide to do things that you're going to have days where you feel like you've totally lost it and you made all the mistakes and all that. You have to have faith. In my experience, I have to have faith in something bigger than me. I can't mm-hmm. pull it all by myself. And if I am, then I tend to just be so much harder on myself, right? Like I should have been able to blah, 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 as opposed to I'm still trusting the process. I'm still trusting that God, the universe, love, whatever it is, has my back and we are right where we need to be. And I don't think if you have that, if you don't have that, I don't know how you get through. (laughs) I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so you have a, a podcast and, um, I was just looking at it. It's called your biggest vision, which mm-hmm. I love your biggest vision show. What, when you say your biggest vision, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you, what do you love to talk about on the podcast? Is it, is it predominantly for business owners? Um, and 
when you're, because we've talked about vision up until this point, is there a difference for you between, you know, what someone's working on right now versus where it is that they ultimately see themselves going? Yeah, I, it is, it is predominantly for entrepreneurs. I started it really because I wanted to create content around that kind of endless pursuit of good to great that I mentioned earlier. But Mm. I will say that it has slowly sort of morphed into um, more, it's very personal at this point. So it's a lot of just sort of me sharing like the behind the scenes of my business or the behind the scenes of my decisions or sometimes just the behind the scenes of my life. And I think that that's just because I felt like there there is so much good content out there around um, metaphysics, around goal setting, around productivity, around business planning. And I love to have a voice in that conversation, but I think that the most powerful testament to the ways of how you can apply those is by me sharing how I've done it and how it's worked or how it's not. And that isn't because I think my story is the most important story in the world, but um, if there, there's enough voices around there, around out there, around these um, teachings mm-hmm. on their own, I, I know for me the way that I've learned the most is by watching others, hearing how they have applied teachings to their own life. So I really just try to give a transparent look into my business, into my decisions, into how my business is affecting my life, into how my life is affecting my my business, and also just have conversations about what it means to be a, be a woman and, and be an entrepreneur and how how I'm still learning to navigate some of those things as well. Right. I love that. And I completely agree. I think I think that's actually what people really need is like real people doing it and sharing about it from a very authentic place. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's, you know, so many books out there, so many podcasts out there, but I know for me, and I'm sure you could agree, like the entrepreneurs you learn the most from and the people you learn the most from are the ones who are walking the walk. Yep. And, and sharing about all of it, not this. Yeah. I think there is, it has shifted in the last couple of years, but it, there's a lot of like very polished, you know, um, I've got it all together. I've got it. Here's my seven figure business and it's easy. <laughs> right. Right. And who's to say that's not that person's experience? Um, right. I don't personally know anyone, but <laughs> I know that for me, when I'm like in the depths of whatever it is that I'm working through, the thing that is, as you said, the most beneficial is just knowing that other people have been where I am. Right. I completely agree. And knowing that they like are better on the other side, you know, that they made it through. Yes. Yes. Um, You said something at the beginning of the episode about like you're climbing these mountains and sometimes you don't know that you're going to get over the other side of it. It really feels that way. Is this it? Am I just throwing in the towel at this point? It's like, you know that you're not, but your mind goes there. Right. Absolutely. So um, for you in like setting bigger goals in your business, if that's something that you do, I like to ask people, what is sort of like your process? Are you someone who has a very specific you know, goal that you're currently moving towards? Is it more of a general intention in terms of a feeling of expansion or something like that? Um, And is there practices you put into place when it comes to expanding into your next level? I think, I don't know if you'll like this answer because I don't think that this is the most um, in the flow part of my business, I will say. (laughs) But I think it's something that has served me well, honestly is that I do have a philosophy around goal planning and just kind of planning where I want my business to go in really expanding upon one thing before I move on to another. So when I started my business and I see a lot with new entrepreneurs and my clients, 
Um, it's such an exciting time. And we often have like a new idea a week and we want to create a new program or a new course or a new book or whatever, um, like in a month. And I completely resonate with that. I have that kind of mind too. But I remember when I first hit my my first six figure year, it was because that year I remember, well, I just remember promising to myself, I'm not going to make anything new. I'm not going to launch anything new until I hit six figures with what I currently have. And that was one Mm. of the like most strategic decisions I've ever made because it really taught me that as much as we think our creativity is tied to that flexibility and expression and that mobility around getting to create what we want when we want to create what we want. We as creatives are also here for the impact and what we can do for our clients. And it's very hard to fully see things through for your clients. If if you don't have the delivery down, if you don't have the messaging down, if you don't have like the support down, if you don't really give your programs and, and, and the things you launch and the courses or whatever it is that you're creating, um, you know, 110% for a while, you're not going to get to see how much of a difference it can really make in people's lives because you're not giving it enough attention. So I, I just say that because I had to have that mindset shift on my own where I felt like at first I felt like I was restricting myself because I was kind of limiting how much I wanted to create from a new standpoint, but I ended up getting really excited about how much my business could impact people and help others because I was really, you know, going all in with the things I had created and making them the best they could be and making them the most supportive they could be before I created anything new. So I've kind of kept that cadence as I've gone through. I've really tried to create one or two things at a time and then really give them my all and spend a lot of time and and energy and resources and um, team time and and money uh, looking at it, thinking about how I can make it, make it better, um, trying to give it everything that I have before I move on to something else. So, and that's, you know, I, it, that goes back to also how I believe we started hitting these six figure months was um, through kind of just that examination of what's working, why is it working? You know, if you don't love it, by all means, end it. I'm not saying like, be so Mm -hmm. disciplined that you don't even enjoy what you're doing anymore, but be careful that you don't get shiny object syndrome. Um, And so we're always kind of just thinking like, is is this thing the best it can be? You know, nothing's ever perfect, but like, do we feel very confident in it? And do we feel like it's getting great results? And once we're at that place, then we can kind of think of something different. So for, I'm like, two or three chapters into a book that I've started writing. And, um, that has only come because, uh, you know, of where I've been able to get my business to. And even that I'm like trying to make sure that I don't spend a ton of time doing. Sometimes it can be a little bit hard to resist because I only want to do it once I feel like we're in a really solid place with the things we currently do have. I love that answer actually, because you're absolutely right. And I think also, when you are sort of streamlining what it is that you're focusing on, you create more space to have those energetic up levels that are so important. And there's been so many times I've caught myself being so busy with the doing and the creating new things and the shiny object syndrome that the internal transformation that I actually really need in order to create the next level result that I want, I'm not paying attention to. Right. That's such a good point. The the more that you like, you also need to give yourself your, your, you need to give yourself space to up level. You need to give yourself space to have those transformations and those breakthroughs. And that doesn't come with like being busy all the time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I actually, I've not heard an answer like that. And that's why I really, really liked it. 
Because <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Like, you know, we're spiritual entrepreneurs and we know the power of energy, but also there's some 3D stuff to take care of too. <laughs> right. <laughs> really does help. And ultimately helps you with the energy because like with what you're saying, you're being very intentional. You're not scattering yourself over a million different places. You know, there's probably a lot less overwhelm. And as you said, you're creating confidence in the things yes. that you are putting out there and the way that you feel about what you're putting out there dictates the result that you get, you know, how, how other people feel about it as well. So I love it. Absolutely. I think it makes perfect sense. I totally agree. Uh, um, so where Leah can people connect with you online? You can find me on Instagram at Leah Gervais underscore. That's L-E-A-H. Gervais is G-E-R-V-A-I-S underscore. I'm pretty active on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. DM me. Or you can always go to my website at leahgervais.com. Amazing. And uh, thank you so much for your input today. I always leave off with a question that sort of puts people on the spot. But um, (laughs) if there's one thing that you'd love to leave our audience with today, perhaps something that you're exploring yourself right now or just a perspective shift or your message for the world that you could scream from the mountaintop if you could, what would it be? Mm, What a beautiful question. is might sound a little more morbid than I mean it to. Um, and I don't want to end on a dark note, but something yeah. that really sticks with me. And I talk about this on my own podcast from time to time is as, you know, as, as I've been clear about my dad's passing has made a huge impact on me and my entrepreneurship journey. And I think about him every day and, and I miss him a lot. And he's my business partner in a lot of ways. Mm. And he passed away, um, when he was 58, which was shocking and it was sudden and it was, you know, completely out of the blue. And, um, you know, if I were, God forbid, to leave at the same time and to transition over at that age, I would be half more than halfway through my, Mm. my journey here. And again, I'm not saying that to sound morbid, but that is something that really helps me put things into perspective about where I am spending even minutes of my precious life stressed about something that is not worth my stress or worried about something that is not worth my worry, or afraid of something that is not worth my fear. And so maybe that example felt a little dark for you, or it doesn't resonate with you, but wherever you can pull your own perspective piece that allows you to free yourself of any literally minute (laughs) of your life that is spent, you know, we're all human and we all have these real emotions around fear and around stress and around doubt. I think that's natural, but how can you become a master of it where more, the majority of your life, the percentage of your life is spent happy, excited, energized, um, aligned to your, to, to, as a nod to your podcast, Lauren, and really just seeing absolutely all the tank that you have in your gas. And, and I, my dad's death has been hard on me, but it's also been one of the ways that I find the most inspiration because Mm. I really believe that so many people don't ever really see that perspective until it's too late. So my message would be find whatever version of that perspective is for you and let it give you permission to let go of things that aren't making you happy and absolutely go for whatever the highest mountain that you can visualize is. That's actually really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I, um, I don't find it morbid. Like I find it that perspective shift that you're talking about where it's like, we need to zoom out a little bit more and let the smaller things go. 
Exactly. That's really all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's beautiful. Um, and, you know, hearing it from someone like you who has had that experience is is just profound. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, for being so vulnerable and just for all of your wisdom today. I really enjoyed chatting with you, Leah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Lauren. It was a pleasure chatting with you as well. I really appreciate you having me on to share my story. And I hope that this is in service to your listeners. I'm sure it will be. I'm going to link all of uh, Leah's Instagram and website and all the things down below so you guys can check her out. And thank you so much for listening. We will chat with you soon, guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.